Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? Very good. LJ, you seem very enthusiastic today. Lots of energy on this Saturday. We're recording. We're feeling good. Yeah, right around noon. Um Woke up a couple hours ago, showered, ready to see what's in stake today here at Syracuse University. But, of course, first we'll be recording and talking about what was a great night in baseball Friday. Um, and do we want to just jump into to this big story here with the Mets? Got to get it going, right? Well, the New York Mets have thrown the first no-hitter of the 2022 season, the second no-hitter in their franchise's history. As five pitchers combine, they go Tyler McGill, Drew Smith, Joely Rodriguez, Seth Lugo, and then Edwin Diaz closes it out. Uh, 12 strikeouts to six walks, so the Phillies certainly did have base runners in this game, um, and the Mets win 3 nothing. Just super impressive performance, not only by starter Tyler McGill for going five innings, and he's been so good this year along with pretty much the entirety of this Mets pitching staff, 
but to shut down a Phillies offense that when you look at where they rank in terms of a lot of these stats, I mean, this is the team that is eighth in batting average, fifth in runs scored, uh, and 11th in team OPS. So this is certainly not an offense that's been struggling to start the year. It's been their pitching, especially their their bullpen that has care, not carried them, I should say, to this 10 and 11 record. But um, wow, let me just tell you the Mets, and I know we're going to touch on the Yankees a little bit, but these two teams are running baseball right now. Yeah. The I don't know how the best team in baseball continues to impress me more and more day by day. Brandon, this is exactly how you want the stretch to start because yes, you had you had challenging series the last couple of weeks. You know, you have that series with San Francisco and everything that in the St. Louis one before. But really starting with this series in St. Louis, this might be the toughest stretch of their season, right? I mean, you go at St. Louis, home against Philadelphia, home against Atlanta at Philadelphia before you finally get a break. I believe it's Washington or yeah, it's Washington. Then you go to see, then you have to play Seattle. So like they don't really get a breather in this section of the year. And yet they come out and they just keep putting together impressive games against top competition. And really, again, you, you're trying to expect most, most quality teams, most playoff teams, a stretch like this, you're looking to go somewhere a little bit above 500. This team's going to way surpass that based on the way they've played. And this is a statement game going into the start of their second big series out of these four. They already won the first. This is the start of them looking towards winning another one. I mean, you got – what are the odds you don't win the other one? You've got Taiwan Walker against Kyle Gibson and Max Scherzer against Zach Eflin. I really like their chances to win this series as well. And – yeah, again, and talk about um, impressive statement games. Tyler Meagill continues to amaze. You know, he comes in, he kind of gets thrown into that opening day start. Not, no one's expecting anything out of this guy. You're talking about your fourth, fifth guy on your in your rotation. All of a sudden, he comes out like gangbusters, gets everyone excited through those first three starts, and then has a bad one. A little bit of a clunker, it happens, but most people assumed that was him falling back to earth. He just decided to say, no, that's just, that's not happening today. And then goes and throws five no-hit innings to show that there's there's a lot more in this guy than people think. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm actually really interested to see Taiwan Walker return because, remember, he only threw like two innings in that one start before he got hurt. He will be pitching today, Saturday, April 30th. Super excited to see what he can bring to the table um, and then, LJ, the question is, when Jacob DeGrom comes back, which of these five guys do you give the boot to the bullpen? Because you're not doing it to Max Scherzer. You're certainly not going to do it to Chris Bassett or Tyler Miguel. So is Carlos Carrasco the, the odd man out here? Is Taiwan Walker the odd man out here? You know, where do they really go um, with with this rotation in a few weeks you know well first off a few weeks could be very uh favorable for this team it's not like he's right on the doorstep of returning they do have a little bit of time um right now i'd have to side with taiwan walker it's only pitched two innings though going to the bullpen you're saying yeah like which which guy do you think should go to the bullpen 
Um, looking at it again, there's no there's no favorable option here because I was no. thinking, I was just checking there. Neither of them have had significant time in the bullpen in their career. Carlos Carrasco has five more games played out of the bullpen than him. We're talking about six and one <laughs> is our scenario here. So, so there's no there's no clear choice. I would say don't rule Tyler Miguel out here. I know I was just singing his praises literally a minute ago, but we're talking about if we're looking to June for when Jacob deGrom comes back, there's quite a few more starts that could change people's minds on Tyler Miguel either way between now and then. Like this next month stretch for Tyler Miguel is the difference between him being an all-star and him being in the bullpen. Either one could happen in the next um six weeks so you know definitely don't rule him out of the equation at this point i probably side i side carrasco because he has the five extra games i don't know <laughs> yeah uh and i'm sure it's something that the mets are certainly thinking about and have a, a idea of what to do but before we get into some unfortunate news which i know lj talked about yesterday let's switch over uh to the other side of New York City and talk about the Yankees. Um, they've won seven in a row. They win 12 to two last night in Kansas City in only eight innings. Um, the game gets rained out after the eighth. And in this seven game win streak, and you know, you can look at the competition they've played, of course, but the bats are finally heating up. They're averaging 8.3 runs per game, a team batting average of 301. 18 homers, a 589 slugging percentage as a team, and they're hitting 333 with runners in scoring position. And, you know, I'm not going to sing their praises too much because how many times have LJ and I said that there's a few week spans during the season where the offense looks like the greatest team or the best team in baseball, and then there's also a few weeks where I'm sitting here complaining for 20 minutes about how I hate our offensive philosophy. I mean, Anthony Rizzo has just been putting the team on his back. He goes yard last night. Judge goes yard. Stanton goes yard. And just there's a lot to like here. Nasty Nestor Cortez, five innings of one earned run ball. Um, how about his ERA on the year? 1.31. Uh He's certainly been having a good year, and you could argue he's been our best pitcher so far this year. He's pitched more innings than anybody okay. else in our starting rotation. Yeah, and, uh, I'm going to start saying a Nestor Cortez Cy Young here uh, really soon. But, you know, it's, it's, it's great to see them playing good. Um, obviously, a Kansas City has not been off to the greatest start, and one of their top offensive players, Aldoberto Mondesi, just went down for the season. But um, certainly a great performance there it's been a good week uh and hopefully they can keep it going today with garrett cole on the mound yeah i mean it, it's interesting i don't i i know we we shouldn't have to pump the brakes it feels like but this is just this is the way the team is built it's built it's a drug is really what it is it's bad for you everyone knows it's bad for you but then all of a sudden there's these little kicks that get you back in, get you invested in this team, get you thinking, hey, this could be a really good group. Because, again, you can also turn around and justify, as great as this team's performing, they could do a lot better for themselves. I mean, Josh Donaldson's been an absolute clown since coming to New York. Yeah. Joey Gallo as well. 
Kyle, the whole Kyle Higashioka betting on him so far hasn't looked like the greatest offensive move, at least in terms of that value. So there's certainly labor Torres too. Yep. There's a lot of room to be improved here, but at the same time, this is, you're right. This is how this team goes. We get these flashes to get, get the fans bought back in. And then because these flashes are always so great, they end up a top 10 offense most years, or they end up with like at least solid, logical, like acceptable numbers offensively. And then you have a very hard time justifying why they aren't a contender in the off season because those, those numbers over the season long perspective are so good. But at the end of the day, if you're putting up a bunch of extra runs against teams in a way, that's a little bit empty, but either way, again, though, this just, it, it further proves this team, if they were to get on in the playoffs is unstoppable, but they haven't gotten on since 2017. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I completely agree with everything said there, and we, and we won't keep beating the drum with the Yankees because, of course, I do talk about them quite a bit on here. But one other thing that I just saw come across, um, and we didn't really talk about it much, but there was that Cardinals-Mets brawl the other day involving cuffs. Nolan Arenado. Yes, some fisticuffs. Um, and so Arenado was originally suspended for two games the league cut that in half so he will be only serving a one game suspension um honestly good like i don't see anything bad in that um the brawl was probably necessary i think the mets i saw something like only three teams in the history of the league have been hit 20 times in their first like 16 games of the season. And it was the 2020 Mets, the 2021 Mets and the 2022 Mets. Um, that's in the modern era. So like since 1900. Um, wow. Yeah. I don't know like if that's pure coincidence or what it is, but I mean, LJ, I feel like last year early on in the season we were talking about, was it like the Mets and the Cubs that got into it last year? This is a Mets and somebody that, that got into it. Yeah, and then, of course, you got the Mets and the Nationals earlier this year as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. And I don't want to overreact to this now, especially seeing, like, this is the first full year of the DH, but this is almost, it's coming, the hit-by-pitches are coming sooner than the math indicates. Um, I did a research paper. Actually, we talked about the research paper on this show last year about this time of year about the universal designated hitter, some pros, some cons, a big con that we found was the lack of personal responsibility. And basically, so when Japan switched over to one league, having the DH one league, not the league that had the DH the first three or three, four or five years, or, you know, the first couple of years, the hit by pitch rate was about the same in both leagues. And it was about the same as it had been in the last, years prior then all of a sudden you get five you get seven you get 10 years down the road and hit by pitches were way up in that one league especially compared to the other and the answer to that sometimes is the fact that you know if you're the pitcher and you know that you're not going to get hit you're much more willing and you're much more comfortable to do to do it like you know as much as your teammates going to get hit most of them realize it's a necessary evil and so there's a lot less thought that comes into it when you aren't the one who's going to be on the receiving end of the retaliation. So that's something that we're going to have to expect a few years down the, down the road. You shouldn't have to expect it now, 
I mean, this is literally two of those seasons have the DH, and the Mets are getting hit that much. That's that, that's odd. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, so we're going to talk about one more thing, and then we'll get into our series and the few games we're looking forward to on Saturday and Sunday. Um, LJ talked about this at length on the show yesterday. Be sure to check that out. But I will give my thoughts on the Trevor Bauer 324-game suspension. Um, you know, I saw this initially, and I was like, oh, my God, like 324 games. It just it, – it, it's a number that I was not expecting to see. I mean, I think we all kind of, like, had the possibility in the back of our head that – there was going to be a suspension coming, um, especially because they just kept extending this um, administrative leave. Um, and, of course, like, it's important to know that, you know, because I see a lot of stuff on Twitter saying, oh, he was proven innocent, he was proven innocent. That's just not true at all. The, they chose to not move forward with any charges. Is that correct, LJ, the DA's office in LA? They did not find enough uh, evidence to be able to move forward with charges. But that does not mean he's innocent. No, it doesn't mean that he didn't do it. It just doesn't mean that he did not do it. (laughs) I mean, like, it's, um, that's not a, I'm having trouble talking here, but, you know, it's not, certainly not a guilt verdict. And from everything that we have seen, of course, I'm not really familiar, as familiar as Brandon is with what has come up recently. Just this morning. Literally just this morning. But before that, there wasn't anything there that necessarily, like, fully could incriminate him on both the legal level or, I thought, the major league level. But before I let Brandon get into the rest of his case or his thoughts here, the one thing I think does go a lot into this is the fact that he refused to negotiate. All of the other, basically all the other domestic violence stuff and some of the PED stuff, these guys, you know, there's an admission of guilt and then they negotiate their, like, sentencing by the league and their active part of, the players are usually an active part of the process with that. But if Trevor Bauer truly believes he's innocent, he's not going to incriminate himself. That's wrong. That would be wrong wrong for him to do. So that, I think deals a lot into the 364 games but also it's just it's a bad look for the league i think as well because not only are you dealing with this but with the way that they've treated trevor bauer and the issues that they've had with trevor bauer in the past a 364 game suspension kind of forces you to have that question in your head of are they using this to get back at him for altered alternate things yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, I will bring up what came out just this morning, um, or actually, I guess, late last night. Um, so a third woman has brought forth assault allegations against Trevor Bauer. The, the suspension was revolving around two separate incidents um, that had happened. This is a third person coming forward. Um, if you really want to know the, the, the details, which are pretty disturbing you can go check out the article gus garcia roberts of the washington post wrote um but essentially um this woman claimed that bauer assaulted her during sex on multiple occasions between 2013 and 2014 
Um, look, this is the, like I said, the third person to bring forth assault allegations against Bauer. The first one, just for a little context, first one, a California woman filed for a restraining order last year after claiming that he assaulted her during sex. And then the Washington Post reported last August an Ohio woman, not the same person of the report that came out today, filed for a temporary civil stalking protection order in June 2020. And we found that out last year. Did that woman allege that Bauer assaulted her and apparently struck her without her consent during sex in 2018, according to the Washington Post? Um, while these allegations are being pub- these current allegations are being publicly reported for the first time, uh, this woman did apparently cooperate with the MLB during its recent investigation. So. You know, I you can make that you can make you okay. What am I trying? You can you use that information however you want to. Um, that that I just gave. It's certainly not a good look for Trevor Bauer, but it's important that you know at the end of the day, we get down to the truth and that not only Trevor Bauer but these women are protected at the end of the day and that the truth does come out um and that's really all i have to say it's all about making sure that the people that are involved in this kind of conduct are protected yeah you know you're right and and that goes and that goes both ways as well yeah exactly with with bauer as well you know you really you want the truest form of the story before you're going and doling out justice but you know now that you say that um that they that she was in cooperation with the MLB for this suspension, that makes things make a lot more sense. Because again, I haven't read this in detail, but I did just pull up the article um, for uh, and just scrolled through it briefly. But from what I can tell and what I can remember from looking through the stuff last summer, this is the most put together and detailed allegation report of them all. Right? Are you? Can you think of something else that's been this like, like this is this is this is a big. This is probably the biggest one of the three. Yeah, I mean, there's some very graphic details in in this uh, in this article. It's and again, the fact that it's going it's going through the post first. It's not a jump on the bandwagon type thing. It's not like again, it's not like the or not to get into the Deshaun Watson thing, but there is definitely reason to question the validity of sources when they all when hundreds of them jump in all at once to a situation whereas this you know he clearly um gus garcia roberts clearly sat down and really worked through this whole thing before they took it public yeah oh yeah real investigative journalism right here so again it's not it's certainly not incriminating but it's by far the, the worst look of the three, I think, and definitely um, dealt into the, the punishment. And I'll say one last thing. Obviously, he did appeal the suspension, um, the 324-game suspension. As, as he should, because yeah. I mean, there's no reason about, not to. I mean, well, guys appeal their – any time a player gets suspended, they pretty much appeal it anyways. Yeah, and we're not talking about a 364-game suspension, which is honestly the only thing I'm 24. Gonna... 324. It's two regular seasons 
worth of games. Did I say 364? Yes. Um, 324. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a 413 game suspension. Yeah, dating back to last year. That's that's really the part that I have the biggest issue with. And honestly, that's part of where I'm kind of thinking, all right, maybe some of this is just an FU to Trevor Bauer. because It should be retroactive to last season. Yeah, this is the only time I can think of in recent history where they have not allowed to time serve. And maybe that's partially because he didn't negotiate. But either way, time serve should be a part of it when you drag it out as long as they did. You know, they did. They probably did the right thing by letting the legal process happen before they did their own process. But if you're going to do that, you have to do the time served in there. It should also be worth noting that because this is suspension without pay, the Dodgers get that contract off their books. Um, and it's, you know, a very large contract. It's right, So who are they signing next summer? Yeah, exactly. Who, who are they signing? Um, the, so he gets... $3 million this year because technically he wasn't suspended. You get paid while you're on administrative leave. But 2023 is $0 on their books. So they go from having an estimated luxury tax payroll of $263 million this year to only $87 million next year. So, you know, re-signing Trey well, Turner. Yeah, you're also talking too, don't forget. Cards. And, yeah, don't forget. David Price also comes off the books this year, too. Yeah, David Price is off the books. Kershaw, that was only a one-year deal. They've, they've got some money to work with, and we know that they're not afraid to spend anyways. But enough on that. LJ, let's talk about some actual baseball once again. We got some teams finishing off their series here Saturday and Sunday. What games are you looking forward to? Um, just the first one that came to my head is definitely going to be is there a double header today actually no where am i am i going crazy um oh duh i'm looking at the wrong team hold on uh i gotta find that game right real quick i am i'm a mess here that was my bad um reds rockies was what i was really looking for um because you know the you three look and at, 17 reds you're very interested in watching them play i'm very interested in watching them play i'm not interested in watching the reds play I'm more interested in watching Chad Cool play because, you know, this is a guy who really, I mean, he was the best pitcher of the last, last week. You know, those last two starts were ridiculous. When you look at, we do it a little different because we start on the Thursday. We do the full week from the start of the season is our team of the week. So we get a different look at these guys. But if you're talking a Monday, Monday to Sunday situation, Chad Cool two weeks ago was probably the best guy. Now he gets his, his next start, and we really get to see what he did. Let me pull up that um, those game logs because it was it was really it was it was top quality pitching. Yeah, he went six innings, one earned, and four strikeouts against Detroit, and six innings of no of shutout ball with four strikeouts against Philly. So he is probably one of the hotter arms in the league right now that no one's talking about. I want to see if he's going to be able to keep it up. And Cincinnati is a very favorable matchup for that to happen. The games that I'm most looking forward to, this Mariners-Marlins series, we have two fantastic pitching matchups over the next two days. Tonight, we've got Robbie Ray, Wobby Way. Wobby Way. The 2021 AL Cy Young taking on Jesus Lazardo, And tomorrow, LJ, how about this one? 
Logan Gilbert, who's been possibly the the best pitcher in the league at this point. He's 3 and 0 with the .4 ERA, taking on my guy Sandy Alcantara, who's also been excellent. Um two super good pitching matchups there. Um, also, tomorrow, Sunday, really looking forward to this Framber Valdez versus Kevin Galsman matchup. We saw the Astros and Blue Jays play a fantastic series last weekend in Houston. They're, now in, they're now in Toronto, and um, it, you know those two teams are bound to both make the playoffs, in my mind. Um, and you know why not give a little preview of that with a great pitching matchup tomorrow? Yeah, this is... Um... No, this is exactly my next point I was going to bring up is this is probably the highest profile matchup of the weekend. If we're looking for other things around the league, Brandon, and we'll dive into uh, this Angels-White Sox series in a minute. But the other one that should be acknowledged here is Diamondbacks-Cardinals. Merrill Kelly and Miles Mikolas have had oh, both yeah. really good starts to the year. That should be an interesting pitching duel to see today. Absolutely, and we'll touch, uh, last two minutes here, we'll touch on what both the Angels and White Sox are doing. Um, the White Sox, just go listen to any of like our last five or six shows. We've, we've pretty much circled the wagon with them. Um, we've, we've got everything out about them. Um, they've won one of their last ten. The Angels, though, LJ, 14-7, and seven, sit atop the AL West. Um I don't want to get too too excited yet. No, but, I don't. I don't want to get attached either. But, but they've won six in a row. Yeah, you know what? And they look really good. I mean, you talk about this outfield is looking really, really strong with the addition to Taylor Ward. You know, Mike Trout back healthy, same guy he's always been, breaking that two-year drought of not leading multiple uh, categories in the majors. It's um, it's a fun team. I don't want to get my hopes up yet. But at the same time, they're showing you even if things aren't going well, they're able to win or they're able to put up a good showing. I mean, you look at what they did against Houston in that opening series. I still think says a lot about that team because Houston is still clearly more talented. They'll pro- probably win the division still. But the fact that the Angels, when they didn't really have the chemistry, they didn't have the momentum or anything from a dead cold start, were able to make this a very competitive series. That says a lot to me. Absolutely, and interested to see where these two teams, how we perceive them at the end of the weekend. Because should the White Sox win today and Sunday, it is quite a bit of, you know, they would be sitting at 9-12, and 12, which there's a lot of other teams like the Red Sox who are currently 9-12 and 12, that um, are in better spots. But it, it would certainly do a, quite a bit of risk um I don't even know what I'm trying to say. They they would they would look a lot better should they win these these last two games of the series um, against yeah, the Angels. They, yeah, they would, but at the same time, you're. It's just, it's frustrating because again, you compare them to the Red Sox. And there's probably a couple other teams here that are in very similar situations. Honestly, the Braves are very close to that at ten and eleven. The difference between the Red Sox and the Braves and the White Sox right now is. There's at least clearly defined holes for the Red Sox and the Braves where things aren't going well and why things are going wrong. Whereas the White Sox, this is just, this is injuries proving that you're not nearly as deep as you need to be. And that type of depth issue isn't something that's fixed easily. That's why I'm more worried. Well, certainly 
that will wrap up today's show. Thank you guys for listening. Check us out. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at MLB Daily Pod. Until then, uh, we'll see you. See ya mañana. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's open enrollment for the ACA Health Insurance Marketplace. If you want to enroll in a new health plan or update your current one, GetCoveredIllinois.gov can help you navigate health coverage to find a quality health plan. Find out if you qualify for financial help and get free enrollment assistance. Our local navigators are here for you. Your simplified health plan coverage journey starts at GetCoveredIllinois.gov.